please welcome to the Startup Health Stage artist and brain health advocate, Susan Schneider-Williams. Thank yeah. you, Leah. Thank you, Susan. Hi, everybody. I am touched that you agreed to be with us here today. I, I think most people in this audience, I could see a lot of looks of surprise as we talked about the fact that Robin had Lewy body dementia. And I think there's a perception in the healthcare community that access is often an issue of insurance or money or connections. But, you know, talk with us a little bit about how difficult it was to, to get the right answers, find the right doctors, and, and figure out what was going on. Yeah, so Robin and, Robin and I were trying desperately to get to, um, to get an answer. And, you know, he'd been in testing for a, a solid year. And it was so difficult to get the answer. You know, we had, we had a lot of special, well, we had our general physician, general neuro neurologist, motor specialist, two psychiatrists, a hypnotherapist and assorted um, alternative doctors. And that was by the end, how many people who'd come into the fold of trying to get to the bottom of this. And the reason I mention all of those people is because it was a team, but they weren't um, acting like a team. And, I, and there were many, you know, you could really look at what Robin's experience, what our experience was mm -hmm. with Lewy body dementia. And our story is very much what you don't want to have happen. And it's, it's, uh, it would be incredibly small-sided to, to point out, well, this went wrong and that went wrong and that went wrong. And, and believe me, that, there's a large list of that. <laughs> what I learned from what I dug into you know, I didn't get the answer. What Robin and I were looking for wasn't evident until autopsy. That's just the way it is right now. There is no biomarker for LBD. But in autopsy, they showed he had one of the worst cases they'd ever seen. Nearly every region of his brain and brainstem were, were infiltrated with Lewy bodies. So that's nearly no neurons were free of Lewy bodies. He was being choked, okay? So that was... Um, that was the, uh, I guess, it wasn't that, what I discovered in that and everything that I found out from that, because I, I had to really go on a um, discovery process to learn about this, it's not easy. And, and essentially, the takeaway was, well, you could list that all these things went wrong. And the fact is, it's really a statement about how complex Lewy body dementia is. And when I say Lewy body dementia, which has over 40 symptoms that don't all appear at once, you know, it's hard enough to discover what it is and to diagnose accurately. Uh, most, it, there's 1.4 million people in the U.S. that have it. It's commonly thought of as the second most common form of dementia next to Alzheimer's. And it's, it's often misdiagnosed or, or switch diagnosed. Yeah. And what I want to say is that it's a statement about how the whole field of dementia and brain disease is so complex. So it's not that, oh, all this stuff was done wrong. It's like, let's take a deep breath and realize we only know about 1% of the brain <laughs> and to expect that, you know, uh, we have this figured out or we should is kind of not really where it's at. Yeah. So 
to wrap all that back to the idea of team, one of the things going, you know, what I often say to people now is, it is so important to have a team with you on any of these, you know, as you start going down in these roads, your team needs like a quarterback or a team captain and everyone needs to be functioning together. And so, um, yeah, I don't think I answered your question, but you I did through a lot of stuff. I think you did. I think you talked about the, the challenges and also the fact that we need better care coordination, right? We yes. need people, doctors need to be talking to each other and sharing information. And you know that doesn't happen as much as we would as much as we would like. And there was some mention of interoperability in the talk before ours, and that is part of the problem. Just even sharing records and information is really difficult within the current system. And your journey led you to get involved with the American Brain Foundation. So you're doing a lot of advocacy right now in brain disease. And I was really impressed with your work and in particular, a goalpost that you've set your, for yourself for 2020. So you share with uh, the startup health community a little bit about what you're working on right now. Sure. So when I, um, to back it up, when I started diving into, now that I had the name of this disease, I started turning over every stone. You know, I didn't want I didn't want my own I don't know if I'm using this phrase correctly, but cognitive dissonance to try and tell me a story that would make me feel comfortable about what happened. You know, so I I checked all the evidence and my father's a pathologist, I'm sure I got that from him. And I with what I found out, there was no way I could not do anything about it. There was no way I could not share what I found out. A, the fact that Robin is known by pretty much everyone in the world, and this, this, it's not right for misunderstanding to be out there. It's not right for him and for the people suffering from Lewy body dementia, from associated disorders or anything else. It's just not right. So, you know, reluctantly, I, I was in a position where I had to do something because that's just, I just felt like I had to do something with this information. And um, so that's what I, when I started talking about it and I've you know, spoken around the country a bit, I, um, the American Brain Foundation came to me and they wanted to um, give me their Commitment to Cures Award, which was kind of shocking because, um, well, anyway, I, I just didn't expect that. And, and then um, I got introduced to them. And what I liked what I saw that was a good fit for me personally in my experience and working with the American Brain Foundation is that the big surprise about Robin's disease to me that I discovered afterwards was while it was accurate that yes, he had Parkinson's, that was an accurate diagnosis, mm -hmm. clinically he had Parkinson's, but pathologically he had diffuse Lewy body dementia. And when I came to understand from a neuropathologist who told me, he said essentially it's a spectrum disease and I got I started to get really upset at this point because I thought, I come from a background in graphic design and marketing and like this thing is so named so wrong and all this misinformation is out there. But the reality is Parkinson's is on one end, LBD's on the other end. And you know what the common pathology is Lewy bodies. And so I just thought this, so that pushed me to want to learn uh, more and more. And, and it brought me to the American Brain Foundation because they are looking at the interconnect the interconnectedness of all these diseases. So we get to work with accomplished groups like Michael J. Fox Foundation, Alzheimer's Association, and many others to basically create little SWAT teams that go in on targeted offenses to deal with 
common mechanisms within these diseases and specific whatever we can. It's really targeted at getting more money, more dollars for the researchers to go after these targeted offenses. And the one I'm most excited about right now is um, we've created the Lewy Body Dementia Fund at the American Brain Foundation. And we, we asked our, some of the families that we work with, like myself, who've been affected by Lewy Body Dementia, we said, what do you think is the most important thing that needs to be solved in LBD? And overwhelmingly, they said, we need a biomarker. And I mean, I, I was all in on that. that we, we were dying for diagnosis, right? And so, so we took that information and we went to, ten, we assembled 10 of the top researchers in LBD around the world and we asked them, would you agree with this? Is this what we need, what, what we should go after? Because we want you to design a research grant award. And they said, oh yeah, that's what we need. And so we said, okay. And they designed it, they finished it. It's a $5.5 million research grant award targeted at finding an early biomarker. And right now we've got about three million in commitments um, from some very prestigious groups. And, and I was just kind of joking in the green room, I really want the next 2.5 million by my birthday, <laughs> which <laughs> is in a couple of weeks. So, um, but I, I just, I wanna see this done because I know the researchers are dying to, to go after this, you know? And, and again, this is one tiny part of the big ocean of what needs to be discovered. But what I want to say, importantly, what they're finding out, and I'm sure people in this room are well aware, that if an investment in Lewy body dementia in this biomarker project could have a return in other synucleinopathies or, or Parkinson's, these things are more closely connected yeah. than, we, um, than we knew before. Yeah. So, and you as well are... Are, you've got a program going on right now, right? We're doing a big study. Yeah, we're doing a big study. I think, you know, for me, when we very first met, you said a cure for one will be a cure for many. A biomarker for one will be a biomarker for many. And I think that's really true. And your moonshot, to use our startup language this year, is that Louis Body Fund. So um, I'm going to make sure everybody knows how they can contribute to this fund before we leave awesome. today because it's incredible work that Susan's Thank doing. You. Um, I think you go to the Brain Foundation of America's website, and then it's a forward slash LBD. Yeah, it's AmericanBrainFoundation.org slash LBD. Right, and, so to learn yeah. more about the fund and, and understand what we can all do to contribute, because I love her moonshot. We are actually, yes, we're doing a large study, so we're doing uh, the first ever population health study in cognition. This is important because you mentioned that we know about 1% about the brain. That's true, and I want to bring us all back to probably before most of us were born, to 1948, when the Framingham Heart Study was launched, which is a still an ongoing study of heart disease. We knew about the heart back then, about what we know about the brain now, which is precious little. And from the Framingham have come the, has come the knowledge about blood pressure and heart disease and cholesterol and heart disease and exercise and heart disease. The Framingham is the most seminal medical study ever done. It's a population health study in heart disease. It needs to be replicated in dementia. We don't have 70 years. <laughs> we can't wait this long. So we partnered um, at Savonics with the Boston University School of Public Health, who run the Framingham, to do a three-year population health study looking at all brains, all healthy brains, and also brains with problems. We want all brains, all comers. We're, don't worry, we're not going to take it out of your head. We're just going to do some cognitive testing and take a health history. And if you're an Apple user, we're going to grab your data from the health app, so things like your activity and your heart rate and other things like that 
for those biomarkers, right? Because we're trying to look at what are the biomarkers for dementia early on. And we know them for heart disease, right? High blood pressure, high cholesterol. Guess what? Those are behavioral outputs, right? How do you get high blood pressure? How do you get high cholesterol? Largely diet and lifestyle. So we can even have biomarkers that are behaviorally driven. And so you can see here, I, I would like every single person if in this room to enroll in the study. It takes about 30 minutes. Um, it is an IRB-run study. We're not selling your data to marketing lists. This is a legitimate scientific study, um, and we'd love you to take part. And please do donate to the, to the LBD Fund. We are personally involved at Savonics with, uh, with research. Beyond that, Susan, um, you know, you and I have had a lot of conversations about what could have gone, what could have gone better. And it's, I think it's one thing to, to look back, as you said, and the problem is just long, but let's look to the future and think about um, how we can make it different. I, you know, Robin's note to you, I want people to be less afraid. How can we use digital tools, do you think, to transform the future in the dementia space? First, uh, first Malia, I wanna say, I really want to thank you and what you've created at Savonics because if you think about it, what you've done is you, you're putting an image on something that's been invisible. Thank you. You know, cognitive decline. This is, this is the, one of the most misunderstood and scary things. And reality is dementia is essentially the new cancer. You know, whether we like it or not, it's kind of been invisible and it's... And it, like that can sound really scary at first until you get into the solution on it. And what you guys have done is you're putting an image to that. And not only that, but you're gonna be having God willing avatars <laughs> to help with the application. And I, I think with, with that digital help of getting the data and walking people through a cognitive test that is aligned so well with, with what the medical profession needs, what insurance company needs, you, you're taking it, you know, you've gone from this, you've taken this really terrible test that used to exist and still exists in many Does. general physicians' offices, Does. which is the type of test that um, my mom, I asked her several months ago because she, she had taken it, and I said, what were some of the questions on it? And I was disgusted because if you said yes to any of these questions and, like, essentially were feeling it, you should already be dead. It, it, there was no gray area of figuring out, you know, so what is that? By the, it's too late by the time, you know, so what you've done. Much more sensitive. Okay, yes. it's, that's, that is an understatement. And again, <laughs> it's bringing attention and awareness and putting, making this stuff feel real, which it is. Yeah. And so with that digital, it's important to have, it's important to have the care along with it. And this rolls back to the idea of a team or people who are able to interpret the results, who, you know, the scientists and researchers, they need the data you are collecting. And that data needs to be collected carefully. And if you could say for a moment just about the team on your end, the research, you know, who you have involved, it's yeah. not like you just got a bunch of bread bakers to make this or something. No. I mean, not that bread baking is... Bread baking's good. I, did, a, I do a lot of it. It's, it's, its my science. therapy. I but need bake. I do, you know that. We talked about that over the holidays. Um, yeah, we, um, we've assembled a team of, of 
clinical neuropsychologists, and so this is the field that traditionally does the, the testing, usually in inpatient facilities. You'll usually um, often check in for, for hours and hours of testing. These are sensitive tests that pick up, you know, percentile-based changes in things like memory um, and different kinds of memory, episodic memory, verbal memory, visual spatial memory, impulse control, social cognition, so things like emotion regulation, attention focus. These are the many domains that neuropsychologists test. And we report on them across the bell curve. So the testing is sensitive. It can tell if you're a high performer, the 98th or 80th percentile, or if you're in the average range, which 80 some of us are, or if you're in the low average or low range for these kinds of domains. And the kinds of impairment you have point to the kind of dementia that you might be suffering from because different dementias start in different brain regions. And we know that. You talked about that earlier. And so those early symptoms can actually, while they're not a biomarker, they can give us at least a provisional diagnosis of what's going on um, in the brain before autopsy, which can be very comforting to folks. So we've, we've productized this and we've created um, an avatar-driven um, with better avatars coming, virtual neuropsychologist to walk the patient through the testing, administer it, and then score and report it. Um, but unlike the reports I wrote when I was practicing, um, which were jargon-filled medical documents, our reports are written at about the fifth grade level so that the average person can understand what they're reading and what's happening to them. I think that's great. And I just a shout out for neuropsychiatry and neuropsychiatrists because um, I just think there needs to be more neuro in the game in general now going forward. And uh, what you're doing is providing that care. I know you've, you've talked about there's Cervonics Cure and there's Cervonics Care. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's important, you know, this is, to face, to face your own cognitive decline or even want to go there, it's, it's very scary. Especially when you have no idea, does this mean I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my job? Is my, oh no, I don't want my family to know, you know? Or maybe, you know, I think about if Robin Tour have had testing done, which he was about to go to inpatient neurocognitive testing, which he did not want to do. And what my Leah's group offers, what your company has created is something that could be done at home with, with proper help. And I think what's so important about that, just like we're... Um, you know, it, some people are wanting to know about, well, what, what genes do they have and what should they be looking out for? Well, if you don't have someone, like I haven't done that yet because I don't want, I want to be darn sure that I'm talking to someone who can interpret those results for me so I don't spend the next 10 years freaking out about something or doing something that is not applicable. It has no reference point. So what, what you guys are doing is beginning a new, it's a new way of understanding dementia and brain disease and again making it visible and the, the proper care around that is all important you know like the people who were speaking on the earlier panel it's not it's not just like the AI it's just not the data it's it's what are we doing with it and how are we conveying that to the patient and their families um, so real important absolutely Absolutely. Thank you so much. And, and that's a huge piece of what we do. The testing is the first part, but the follow-up is the care plan, and it's also the, the information for the patient and their family. And our care plans um, come in three personas for the specialist, for the general practitioner or nurse, or for the at-home or informal care provider, so for the family, recommendations on how to manage um, the symptoms at home. And really the goal of that is to improve quality of life and to reduce anxiety. Um, 
around dealing with cognitive decline. Cognitive decline in itself it causes anxiety. Yes. And as, as I mentioned, uh, Robin's, the amygdala area of his brain was so badly affected. And that is the area that acts like our barometer. Um, it's, our, it's, you know, imagine you go to a thermostat and you can't turn the thermostat anymore and it keeps getting hotter and there's nothing you can do about it. That is the, like the amygdala um, being broken, you know. And um, so anything that can be done to help ameliorate any fears that would come up, not only around testing, just to back up a bit, you know, someone with cognitive decline, it's, they may not, they may be purposely holding back some of the data, mm -hmm. or they may not be able to convey all the data mm -hmm. because they've lost the ability to retrieve it within themselves. And so that's, again, why it's so important that this, you know, being able to collect these things needs to be handled with care. And, um, and I think that, you know, your company is really doing that. Thank you. It's very kind of you to say. So what's next for you with the film? So debuting in May, right? Is that the goal right now? Yeah, so it was picked up for distribution, which is, which is great. Um, the, uh, yeah, it's kind of, I think I've been in denial that it's actually happening. We've been working on this for like three or four years. So, uh, but it has been picked up. So in May, it's gonna come out. And one of the great things that the director, Tyler Norwood uh, with Sky Dojo Films, what he did and this was something I expressed early on when I started working with him was, this needs to be used to go on raising awareness and funds to solve this stuff. This is not gonna go down some channel of distribution and disappear into Hollywood. You know, this needs to be something that can be used to help educate and um, ease the pain, make people less afraid, as Robin said, and, and get the scientists what they need so we can, um, plow our way through this stuff. And that's exactly what he did, so we're really excited about that. And um, I'm just wondering if I can say much more about it. I don't know, it's still kind of, yeah, it's uh, still kind of stealth, but. It's, you've had a lot, it's been a big journey for you to get it done. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a road. But um, once I finish that, my part in it anyway, um, you know, I'll help do what I can to help launch. I really don't like to do that stuff, I have a job, I'm a professional artist, and I'm also a mom, and I, you know, like this, this advocacy stuff, I did, I don't have time for this, you know, but I, it's, and it's not what I planned, uh, but I gotta say, the people I've met along the way, um, it's a bonus I didn't expect, you know, really. And, and uh, you know, I've gotten to, it was fun to see some of the Washington DC shots in there, I've gotten to go to Washington several times, work with many different groups, and help to try raise awareness. And, you know, I just, my mind's been pretty blown by all aspects of these, of brain disease. People who have it, you know, I was, there were 300 Parkinson's patients in Washington, D.C., and we got snowed out. We didn't get a chance to actually go to the hill, but we spent 48 hours in a basement in a hotel learning what we were going to do, planning our attack on Washington, D.C. And... When the news came down that it, we were snowed out, we couldn't actually go to the hill. You know, these are a lot of people who came without their caregivers, who had have difficulty. There was one man who got stuck in the snow because he, one of the, one of the things that happens with Parkinson's, and actually Robin had this as well, is, is you can get stuck in a frozen stance. 
and he was stuck in a frozen stance outside the hotel and snow started to accumulate on him. And you know what happened? Several of the other people who were in our group, they knew what was happening to their friend and they went out to him. And if you stand beside this, the person who is in that situation and you walk forward just by their side, their brain will kick in and they can get out of it. And that's what they did. And we, we got to talk about this stuff on snow day. You know, so we got to see that snow day was actually a really a blessing. And, um, but then I wasn't satisfied because I was ticked off. I didn't get to go to the hills. So, so I came back again and then, and I got to go actually to the, and then I got to come back again because, and it's been, it's been really, uh, um, mind blowing to watch after my mind's been blown by what I've learned about these diseases and how closely linked they really are and how much amazing work is going on in research facilities across the country to watch other people's minds be blown when I get to talk to them individually and, and describe that the relationship between Parkinson's and Lewy body dementia. And, you know, the, you could say the bad news is that, well, there's, there's no cure and we don't, you know, it's, it, it can be terrible. And yes, it's, it's really terrible. And the good news is that no case is identical to the next. It's very individualized. So, you know, I just want to underscore Robbins was one of the worst they'd ever seen. I brought his last two years of medical records, coroner's report, and brain scan to four professionals in Lewy body dementia across the country and had them interpret everything for me. Again, to make sure that I wasn't trying to run my own story around what actually this was, but I got the facts. And, and um, that is the good news. You know, Robin's, Robin's case, I believe, was so extreme because he's just so awesome. And that part of the point of what he needed to do was have us engaged in his last act. And so I just want to do a call out to all of you. If you're not involved already in brain disease in some form or another of, of making a difference, and if you're looking for something to do, um, man, dive in. It will <laughs> blow you away. And dive in where you, where you are with what you have. If it's time, great. If it's money, great. If it's connections, great. You know, whatever... Everyone's poised to um, play a role. I can't add anything to that. I think we should just end with that are dive in where early. you are. We have a minute and 54 left. We could just. We're just like, going to say, dive in where you are with, with what, what you've you got. Have. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. No reason said. to be bored. That's and, exa all. and exactly what <laughs> you did. And exactly what you did. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, thank you so much for being here with us thank today. You, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Likewise. And I appreciate you sharing a, a very private story in a very public way with all of us. So